I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The following podcast contains dramatizations of actual events. Certain situations, dialogue, names, and locations may have been changed. Some scenes are graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Brother and sister Kenneth and Carrie Allen grew up in a seemingly normal family. But divorce would tear these siblings apart and send one down a dark path. When they are finally reunited, lives are destroyed and the ultimate line is crossed. Incest breaks all the rules of family. You're supposed to respect and love your family. You're not supposed to have sex with them and kill them. Leaving family and friends to wonder just what went wrong in the Allen family. It rises to the level of evil. And I believe Kenneth and Carrie were evil. Are we gonna find one body, two body, or three bodies? Ken and Carrie Allen were siblings from hell. Love you. St. Charles County, Missouri is a quiet area just west of St. Louis. It's a cold Wednesday afternoon on February 9th, 2005. And County Deputy Tony Hoysick mans a speeding station on Highway 70. While on patrol, I observed a four-door sedan that was speeding. I tried to stop the vehicle. But the car attempts to evade the deputy by weaving in and out of traffic. And the chase is on. I felt like they were trying to evade me because they looked in their mirror and saw me pull out of the turnaround where I had been parked. They exited into a commercial vehicle way station. I proceeded westbound and I had to pull in through the exit lane of the way station to stop the vehicle. After the high-speed chase, Deputy Hoysik approaches the car with extreme caution. I was very suspicious. Based on my training and experience, I felt like there was some other type of criminal activity that had occurred. How you doing today? He carefully walks over to the passenger side. 
Inside, he observes one male driver and one female passenger. I pulled you guys over for speeding. Uh, you see some ID? I asked both occupants for identification, and the driver identified himself as Kenneth Allen with the Florida driver's license. Yours too, please? I don't have one. You don't have any ID? No, but I'm his sister. The passenger identified herself as Carrie Allen, said she was 18 years old, and she said that she was his sister. The deputy suspects that this sister and brother are hiding something. Step outside and step to the rear of the car for me. But he can't begin to imagine just how twisted the Allen siblings really are. Kenneth and Carrie Allen's grandfather, Leander Bradley, married his sweetheart Betty, and the young couple settled in Indianapolis, Indiana. They earned an honest living and raised a tight-knit family with their two children, Sharon and Ronald. We were very close. We attended church, my mother and father and sister and I attended church every Sunday. My mother and father were very doting. Their daughter Sharon grew into the prettiest girl in her neighborhood. She knew she was good looking. She knew she could have just about any man that she wanted, but she picked and chose who she went out with. My sister did. And it wasn't long before beautiful Sharon Bradley got married. And she soon made Betty and Leander the proud grandparents of her son, Kenneth. The family was very close. Uncle Lee and Aunt Betty were, were very, very good grandparents. They loved to spend time with their children and, and their grandchildren. Ken's relationship with his grandparents was very good. He spent a lot of time at their residence. They spent a lot of time with them. Sharon and her husband decided to have another child. And in 1986, they gave birth to a daughter named Carrie. But the Allen family's happiness was short-lived. Whose decision was that? You're saying it was my decision? Sharon and her husband bought a new house, but couldn't keep up with the payments. My sister and her husband had had money issues in the past. My sister and her husband fought extensively over money. You're the one who wanted the house. You wanted it. It, it was not the happiest of homes. They, our parents argued quite a bit, and um, it was kind of a house kind of full of anger. The Allen home soon became a den of yelling, arguments, and bitter disappointment. And young Kenneth absorbed every word. We all learn how to grow up by watching our parents. And if we're constantly watching them fight, that's how we're going to think uh, life is. That's what you do. That's how you solve a situation, a problem. So he's going to be conditioned and, and do this as well. This became Ken's adapted way for solving his problems. It wasn't a surprise when Ken performed poorly in school. But at home, Ken shared a special bond with his little sister, Carrie. The fact that Ken and Carrie came from the same dysfunction gave them a bond that was part of their identity was this hellish upbringing that they'd live separate halves of. But Ken and Carrie's time together as kids in a nuclear family would not last. Despite the fact that Sharon's parents were quite comfortable, money problems proved to be too much for this young couple. 
Sharon Allen divorced her husband when Kenneth was around 14 years age. Uh, and at that time, Kenneth moved to Florida with his father and Carrie stayed in Indiana with her mother. After the move, Ken's behavior and mental state worsened. When Ken had to move to Florida with his father, he lost everything. He lost his mother, he lost his sister, he lost his grandparents. When Ken was living in Florida with his father, his behavioral problems went undiagnosed and untreated, and he just continued further down a very dark path. Carrie's life back in Indiana changed dramatically as well. This would have a, a tremendous effect on her. It's yet one more loss. Brother's now gone, father's now gone. She's very insecure and would begin to cling to her mother. My sister and Carrie were very close. Carrie relied a great deal on my sister, Sharon. Without a father and brother at home, Sharon and Carrie grew close to one another. Some might say too close. Hey, Carrie grew up with her mother, Sharon, in a uh, lower income housing, a po poverty area, Section 8 housing in Noblesville. Carrie and, and her mom, Sharon, they um, had a very codependent relationship. Growing up, uh, Carrie was the youngest, and um, her mother was very protective of her. And it, it raised a lot of people's eyebrows just how close the mom and daughter were. As she grew from a toddler into a child, Sharon would shelter and protect her youngest daughter to an unusual degree. Carrie's mom treated her like an infant when she was well into school age, and that has an effect on a kid. Carrie grew up with absolutely no self-esteem. Carrie was uh, harassed by her fellow classmates while she was in school, and she, Carrie would come home and tell her mother, and my sister would go to the school and try to resolve the problem, but it, it didn't seem to help. As Carrie grew closer to her mother, Ken was thrust out into the world. He'd gone down to Florida with his father, um, and once he was out of the high school, um, he um, got married, he was in the Marines for a bit. Ken never played well with others as a child, and that continued as an adult. He was charged twice uh, with battery. He had um, you know, counterfeiting cases, uh, forgery cases, theft cases, and um, got into quite a bit of trouble with the law. And a lot of it was, was rooted in his gambling problem that developed while he was in the Marines. Ken's life was soon consumed by gambling. He would disappear for days at a time while on a binge. Ken had a habit of getting a paycheck and then he would uh, blow that money at a riverboat casino and then come back to Indianapolis and beg my mother to give him some more money. We don't have enough groceries. Can you spare us a little bit? And then he would just return and spend that money in addition. And like most addictions, it only gets worse over time. Ken's gambling addiction became an all-consuming behavior. And all that mattered to him in his life was feeding that addiction. 
Because of his crippling gambling debts, Kenneth found ways to get money fast. In Florida, Kenneth Allen had been charged with uh, having stolen credit cards, and he fled Florida as a fugitive. He ended up in Arizona, and he committed uh, counterfeiting crimes there. He was ultimately apprehended, which resulted in his 20-month sentence in the federal prison in Kentucky. And it was in prison that Ken's already shaky life totally fell apart. First, his wife divorced him. And then, his well-off grandparents, who had always supported him through thick and thin, decided they'd had enough. He would ask for a monthly stipend from my mother, Betty, in the hopes that she would give him as much as he needed, but it just never seemed to be enough to suit him. It isn't that much, just a little bit. Helped you and helped you and helped you year after year after year. It's going to stop. It's stopping now. They had saved hard all their life. Uh, what little they had, they, they wanted to make sure that their rest of their life would, would be comfortable. Betty and Leander Bradley officially cut off their troubled no, grandson. No more money. Betty, come on, let's go. But my father put an end to it. He just said no more. Cut, cut the ties with him. It's a lost cause. It seemed like the only responsible thing to do. But Betty and Leander Bradley could never have known just what their grandson had in store for them. Ken was a con man. He was a criminal. Nothing was going to stand in the way of Ken, not even his mother. And Ken will soon spin a web that ensnares his trusting sister, Carrie, leaving her powerless to escape. Ken uh, clearly here has developed into a sociopath. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. 
Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Kenneth and his little sister Carrie were close as children, but divorce ripped them apart. Kenneth moved to Florida with his father, and Carrie stayed in Indiana with her mother. Carrie lived a quiet life with her doting mother, while Ken landed in federal prison for fraud and counterfeiting. And as he languishes on the inside, he formulates a plan to get his life back on track. While Kenneth was in prison in Kentucky, he had telephone conversations with both his sister Carrie and his mother Sharon. Mom? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. I've been really thinking about this a lot. I've got a plan for when I'm out of here. During one of the calls, Kenneth had alluded to uh, his mother and sister that he had a plan for them to have a better life when he was released. I can't tell you about it yet. I, I tell you when I get out of here. He didn't state what that was going to be, uh, what that entailed, but just that he had a plan for them to have a better life after he was released. I love you too. After 14 months in prison, Ken, now 29 years old, is finally released on parole and returns home to his mother and sister in Indiana. He is down and out in every way possible. At the time that Kenneth was being released from prison, uh, he had already cut off ties with his grandfather. He was divorced. He had no money. So he moved in with his sister Carrie and his mother Sharon in a two-bedroom Section 8 apartment in Noblesville, Indiana. Ken has been working for months on a plan to get his life back on track. And he's convinced the two people who have cut him off are what stand between him and a better life. Ken focused a lot of his anger and aggression on his grandparents. And one night he finally tells Carrie his plan. You know, Grandpa and Grandma, they have over 200,000 just sitting there in the bank. He wants to kill their grandparents and steal their $200,000 nest egg. And he needs his sister and mother to help him. They're old. They haven't got too much longer in this road anyway. And they've got all that. If they were out of the way. Out of the way? What, what are you Once the deed is done, they'll all share in the riches. Ken was a con man. He was a criminal. He was probably pretty charismatic getting what he needed. If they really cared about you and Mom, they wouldn't let you live like this. He also had power and control over her as an older brother, someone she looked up to. You with me? It's an unspeakable plan, 
but little sister Carrie is eager to please her older brother. It seems the innocent-looking teenager has been hiding a dark side all these years. Carrie's been living with all the same problems that Ken did all her life, but she's never acted out on it. Maybe all this aggression that she's boxed up inside, now she finally has the opportunity to let it out. She may be every bit as much of an antisocial, sociopath-type personality as Ken is. Now all they need to do is convince their mother. With his sister on board, Ken finally approaches their mother, Sharon. You know, I have that plan. You know, the one I told you about in jail. Mother. We're gonna kill Grandma and Grandpa and take their money. Kenneth suggested to his mother that they could start a better life together if she helped him kill her parents. You have a nice life. Take their money, they could start a better life. That, that's the most despicable thing I've ever heard. It'd be better for all of us. How could I ever give birth to someone like you? Uh, Sharon uh, did not agree to do that. But Sharon could never have known just how determined she had raised her children to be. Ken seemed to, to let it go. Through the, the evening, though, he kind of talked with his sister, with Carrie, and convinced her that if his mom was not going to be a participant in this plan, then they needed to go through with it without her, and, and that meant um, killing their mother. In Ken's self-possessed world, anyone who wasn't with him was an obstacle that needed to be removed. Didn't matter that it was mom. Killing mom was just like killing a stranger. But for Carrie, this is a new world, and she tentatively follows her big brother's lead. We see that Carrie was very attached to her mother, but Ken was a very good manipulator. She needed to cling to Ken. She needed to jump on board with him because both the mother and the grandparents were going to be gone. That night, Carrie turned up the volume on the television. Uh, she then went into the bedroom while her mother, Sharon, was asleep and stood at the bedside between the window and the bed. And Kenneth then came into the bedroom and got on top of his mother, put a pillow over her face, smothered her, and then stuck a knife through her face. If Ken was feeling anything at all when he killed his mother, it was hatred. He stabbed her in the face until she was dead. That's, that's a lot of anger. Ken killed his mother because he felt entitled to this money. Nothing was going to get in his way to him getting the money. Not even his mother. Ken and Carrie's sibling bond has been sealed with murder. And now with her mother gone, Ken takes full control of his little sister's world. Kenneth and Carrie then exited the bedroom, went into the living room area, poured themselves tall glasses of vodka. The siblings have already broken a cardinal rule, but now they are about to take it a step beyond to shatter the ultimate taboo. Kenneth and Carrie had sex in Carrie's bed while their mother lie dead in the bedroom right next to them. Incest breaks all the rules of family. You're supposed to respect and love your family. You're not supposed to have sex with them and, and kill them. 
when the mother was eliminated and they had sex right afterwards, it was way of reasserting his power, showing her that he is in control and will be now that the mother is gone too. But now there's a mess to clean up. Ken and Carrie uh, wrapped her up in the bed sheets and they moved her over um, to the bathroom and, and put her body in the bathtub. Over the next week, Ken takes full control of Carrie's life. When the school calls, inquiring about her absence, Ken has a story ready to go. Carrie's sick. She's going to be in school for a couple of weeks. After Ken and Carrie uh, killed uh, Sharon Allen, their mother, um, that was just the first part of their plan. Only two people stand between Ken and Carrie and $200,000. And one of them is their grandmother, Betty. After Kenneth and Carrie killed their mother, Sharon, a couple days later, Kenneth picked up the telephone and contacted his grandmother, Betty. Hello? Grandma. Oh, hi, Ken. Mom's real sick. Oh, really? Can you come and help us out? No, of course. I'll, I'll be right over. I'm leaving now. Bye. He called her up and, and said that, that his mom, Sharon, had been ill and that uh, she could, he could use a little bit of help taking care of her. Betty, ever the caring mother and grandmother, comes over right away. But it's a trap. When she arrived at the apartment, knocked on the door. Ken, how's Sharon? Just done. Kenneth opened the door, and as she entered the apartment... Kenneth put a plastic bag over her head and suffocated her to death. And it happens under the watchful, admiring eye of Carrie. Carrie stood in the living room and watched her brother suffocate her grandmother. He wanted it to be hands-on because he wanted to get the feeling of actually taking a life and being in control, the power that comes from that. Even compared to other killers, Ken and Carrie were, were icy, cold-blooded. It's beyond cold to kill one's mother and grandmother. It rises to the level of evil. And I believe Kenneth and Carrie were evil. Once the second murder is done, Ken and Carrie clean up the scene, just like they had with their mother. They took Betty's body and they just put her in the bathtub next to Betty's daughter, Sharon, uh, their mother. With the bodies of their mother and grandmother laying in the bathtub, Ken and Carrie know they must get rid of the evidence soon. After Ken and Carrie killed their grandmother, Ken went out and he uh, rented a truck from a, a rental shop. He went to a hardware store. And he purchased a saw uh, and some garbage bags. He then returns to the house and heads to the bathroom where he will do the unthinkable with a little help from his sister. Uh, using a saw, he sawed them up while Carrie bagged the, the body parts. And then they uh, together they carried them out to the truck. Carrie watches, learns, and helps. Her once quiet, mousy demeanor has now totally unraveled. The more violence she sees and the more she takes part in, the easier all of this gets for her. Together, the siblings carry the dismembered bodies of their family members out of the house and place them in the truck. Ken remains focused on the money 
and he keeps his sister focused too. Just think of the money we're gonna have, how much fun we're gonna have with it. Ken keeps Carrie going by convincing her of all the fun they're gonna have with this money. We've gotta wipe all three of these people out and we've got a couple hundred thousand dollars and start a whole new life. So he just keeps reminding her of the, what's going to happen in the end, how good life is gonna be. Now that their mother and grandmother have been dealt with, there's just one family member left. After Kenneth had killed Grandma, he then took Grandma Betty's keys out of her purse. And Kenneth and Carrie then drove their vehicle to Indianapolis to where Grandma Betty and Grandpa Leander lived. Uh, Leander Bradley was 91 years old, and he was asleep in his back bedroom. Their grandfather is napping away the afternoon, and he has no idea his own grandchildren are coming for him. When they got to their grandfather's house, Ken and Carrie, uh, they waited uh, for him to wake up. He had been taking a nap that day. He could never have known his own grandchildren were ready to attack. Kenneth and Carrie were both lying in wait for their grandfather to come out of his bedroom. They were there for a couple of hours before Grandpa woke up. And when he did, he walked down the hallway into the living room, which wasn't very far. And when he walked into the living room, Kenneth came around from the kitchen area and bludgeoned his grandfather to death with a hammer. Leander Bradley never had a chance. Kenneth and Carrie then took Grandpa and put him into the bathroom, which was right down the hallway. The murder count is up to three. They seem less like people who, who have a plan and, and more like people who just have some kind of, of evil in them. They are acting with, with such a, a cold-blooded determination, um, going through everybody who stands in their way, even the people who raised them. Their grandfather lies in the bathroom while the two dismembered bodies of their mother and grandmother are in the truck outside. The cold Indiana winter preserves their remains, and neighbors don't suspect a thing. A lot of them said that they had, had heard, in retrospect, what seemed like suspicious noises and seen the brother and sister go in and out, and they had no clue what they were up to. But before they dispose of the bodies once and for all, Ken goes in search of his prize. Once Kenneth and Carrie had completed killing their mother and their grandparents, they moved into Grandma and Grandpa's house, and Kenneth then purchased a laptop computer. Kenneth wanted to transfer the money from Leander's accounts to his own accounts. For Ken, these murders are all about money and he wastes no time putting it to use. Once Ken got a hold of his grandparents' money, he couldn't wait to get to the gambling tables and feed his addiction. And that's exactly what he did. Kenneth then drove to the Ohio River to the casinos where he spent three or four days uh, on a gambling spree. He lost about $60,000 in that short period of time. While Ken gambles away his grandparents' fortune. Carrie has her own fun. She was also using the computer, but not for transferring money from accounts. 
Carrie was going on to various websites and chat sites where she got into a chat room with another woman. Carrie brought this woman back to the house, the same house where grandfather was in the bathroom just 10 feet away from the living room. And Carrie and this other woman engaged in sexual contact in that house. Life continues like this for several days. Ken and Carrie indulge their carnal appetites with abandon. When Carrie needs to use the bathroom, she simply steps over her grandfather's lifeless body. At this point, Carrie is as cold-blooded as her brother. She ignores the grandfather's body that's right across uh, the door of the bathroom. She is out for herself, extremely narcissistic behavior. Every bit of the sociopath as her brother. After several weeks of living the high life on his grandparents' dime, Ken knows it's time to move on for good. And to do that, he must dispose of the bodies once and for all. He uh, rented a jackhammer and he went down into the basement and began to use the jackhammer to, to clear a space um, in the concrete floor of the basement where he could put the bodies. And this was not easy. He was jackhammering all through the afternoon and the evening and even into the middle of the night. In fact, while he was doing that, one of the neighbors who lived right next door heard a jackhammer, or what he believed to be a jackhammer, at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, yet he never did anything. Kenneth and Carey then cleared out a large enough hole in the basement where they were able to then dispose of the bags of body parts. After they, Kenneth and Carey put those uh, body parts into the hole, Kenneth rented a cement mixer and brought that into the living room of the house and literally mixed cement inside the living room of the house and using five-gallon buckets carried down wet cement to fill in the hole and completely cover the body parts. With the bodies now buried beneath hundreds of pounds of liquid cement, the siblings know it's time to leave Indiana for good. Ken replaces the rental truck with a rental car. Ken and Carrie loaded up um, some things, some of their grandparents' values. There's some jewelry, um, credit cards, and, and other belongings. And they uh, rented a car and just started heading west towards Las Vegas. Ken and Carrie may have their money, but a routine traffic stop will change everything. On February 9th, 2005, I was conducting routine traffic enforcement on westbound I-70 in Forestdale, Missouri. I stopped a vehicle that day for speeding and improper lane usage. I asked both occupants for identification, and the driver identified himself as Kenneth Allen. Carrie Allen told me she was 18 and didn't have identification. Carrie is a young woman without ID. The deputy's concerned about what else could possibly be at play. I wasn't sure if another crime had been committed. Was she a runaway? Was she kidnapped? Was she afraid to say what had occurred? Was she intimidated by Kenneth? Ken and Carrie worked as a deadly team when it came to killing, but they haven't quite got their story straight. I asked him to exit the vehicle. He stepped to the rear, and I spoke to him about the itinerary of their trip. Where are you headed today? Uh, up to Las Vegas. 
He said that they decided to start a new life and were moving to Las Vegas. And he said it's something he had been planning for a long time. How long have you been planning this? A couple of months. I went back and I spoke to the passenger. I asked her how long they had been planning it. At that point, I could have given them a citation for the violations, but the way my mind thinks, I just felt like there was something more to this stop and I needed to look into it. The deputy calls for backup and begins to search the car. He finds some jewelry and other valuables in the trunk. But the biggest clue is in the back seat. When I looked in the back seat, I found the identification for a male subject and a female. And I asked who they belonged to, and he said that was his grandparents. Passed away recently. They left you through their IDs. Yeah. There was numerous credit cards that belonged to the grandparents. And I asked him, why do you have these? And Kenneth said, that his grandparents had died and left him those items. His suspicions peaked. The deputy radios the Indianapolis police. Dispatchers immediately send an officer to the Bradley home. He searched the upper floor of the residence. It was very messy. He didn't find the couple upstairs anywhere. Uh, he ended up going down to the basement to check that to make sure they weren't down there. He didn't find them in the residence at that time, but he did say that part of the basement floor looked inconsistent with the rest of the floor. Deputy Hoysik remains in contact as the horrific situation reveals itself. During that conversation of him telling me about the basement floor, I said, well, do you know what I'm thinking? And he said, yeah, I know exactly what you're thinking. I'm thinking the same thing. The tension rises to an almost unbearable level. And without warning, Carrie decides she just can't take it anymore. He killed them and buried them in the basement. My brother killed my grandparents and buried them in the basement. Carrie Allen made a spontaneous utterance that her brother had murdered her mom, her grandmother, and her grandfather, dismembered their bodies, and buried them under the basement floor of her grandparents' house. After she made that statement, I arrested her and Kenneth Allen for being suspects in a murder case. While Ken and Kerry are in custody in Missouri, police in Indianapolis search the Bradley home where they focus on the basement. They use sonar equipment that uh, can detect whether there's objects. And in fact, they see objects beneath the, the cement. They dig in. Um, through this wet concrete are able to uncover um, Mr. Bradley's body as well as, as the body parts of two other individuals. Um, the coroner's testing later on that week confirmed that it was um, Betty Bradley and Sharon Allen. How are you doing today? Just stand just for a second, all right? While in custody, Kenneth and Kerry are separated. At first, Kenneth tries to stonewall investigators. Did you kill your mother? Did you kill your grandmother? Did you kill your grandfather? I'm curious to me, are they going to find one body, two body, or three bodies? How many bodies will they find? Before long, the pressure becomes too great, and Ken lets everything out. I want you to pray. Before, then release that. 
release those emotions. After confessing, Kenneth claims that everything he did, he did for Carrie. So what about Carrie's life, too? Hers had just begun. That was another part of my motivation. What's that? Try to make her a better life so she wouldn't have to go without, not to depend on anybody. Ken does what he can to protect his little sister. If you tell me, and you have several times, the most important thing to you now is your sister. Is that true? Do you really care about your sister? More than yourself? If there was to be a charge brought up, it would definitely be me instead of her. Meanwhile, Carrie tells police every gruesome detail. He explained to me what his plans are, and I was like, I felt bad for agreeing with it, but I didn't want to live poorly anymore. So I was like, okay. So he's like, well, first we have to do mom. And I was like, why? And he's like, well, I already told her about this, and she didn't agree to it, so we have to do her too. The siblings are reunited one last time. I said, cross me, Charlie. Okay. Your, brother, your brother knows that. Can I hold her hand? Not right now. Okay. What all do you have to say? Okay. I'm proud of you. I ain't mad at you. I just want you to know I love you. You just don't cry. All right, I want you to give her one hug. I got you back to the room. You're right, bring her. Okay. Mm, I don't think I'll be getting that. Okay. I love you. Love you. Be all right, kiddo. Can we give him food and take her away? Sex, like murder, can bond people together. But perhaps having the same blood pumping through your veins is the ultimate bond. With all that Ken and Carrie have done to break up the bonds of this family, there's still a bond between the two of them. He cares for her. They're all each other has. And that bond is lasting even in prison. The Allen siblings both plead guilty and are spared the death penalty, much to the outrage of the public and especially other family members. There isn't a day that it doesn't go by that I don't think about what happened. I would have never dreamed, knowing what I know about him, that they would have ever committed such a crime. I don't believe that Ken got the sentence that he deserved for the crime. I felt like that Ken should have received the death penalty. In the aftermath of their spree of murder, greed, and incest, it may be impossible to understand why Ken and Kerry did what they did. Was it something in their upbringing, or was it something evil deep inside them that no one could have stopped? The answer may never be known, but Ken and Kerry's rampage can never be forgotten. It's gruesome and it's horrifying to think that there are people out there that are committing these types of crimes. There's always been a few unanswered questions, which will probably never have been answered, uh, that have been unsettling for me. There was just so much in this case that uh, it's something you, one can't forget.
Ann and Carrie Allen were siblings from hell. Kenneth Allen is serving a 130-year sentence without the possibility of parole or appeal. Carrie Allen is serving a 40-year sentence in prison. She is eligible for parole in 2024. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.